Let's talk about 2021 and 2022. Where we've been and where we are going. Where we have been and where we are going. We all know, and we've said this many times, that our vision for this church is to build a church for generations. That's what we see in the future. But we also have a mission, and that is what we do right now. A vision is what you see, and a mission is what you do. And our mission is always to gather, to grow, and to go. It was based on the early church in the, books of, the book of Acts, and we followed the pattern of, we looked at the pattern of how they came together and how they operated. And they would gather together, they would grow together in the scriptures, and then they would go out and do the work of Christ. And these three things are very, very important to us. And the first one that we, have, that we do in 2021 is that, sorry, in, the, in last year, in 2021, was to gather together. Now, last year was a very important year for gathering. Why? Because in 2020, there wasn't as much gathering going on. And we had to take a very fresh look at how we do things. And I think that we still have to do that. We have to keep looking at how do we go about doing the mission that God has called us to do. Now, we have a thing where we have a thing called small groups in a a church. And maybe that's a common thing that you've heard of. But if you're new to church circles, we do things called small groups. We don't want to be a church with groups. We want to be a church of groups. Small groups are so important because that's where you're actually becoming much more, as they say now, the trendy word, intentional in your walk with Christ, right? You're not just receiving, but you're actually inputting as well. And so we believe in a thing called the free market small groups. That means whatever God has called you to do, you should do that particular thing. Now, maybe you think, oh, small groups should only be about doing a Bible study. Well, that's your thing, you should do it. But maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you've got a common interest or you've got a common passion that you want to base your small group around. And you can base your small group around that or you can go to a group where it's based around something that you're interested in as well. Regardless, it's important to be connected together. Now, we're about to start our new small group semester at the end of this month, and we'll be telling you more about that, but we really want you to consider the importance of that. But with being doing small groups, we even had to look into how to actually do it. We actually grew a lot in digital small groups online, and I want to thank every one of you that committed to doing that. And in leading small groups online. It really has brought such a wonderful growth to our body and to so many peoples. We had camps for kids galore. Uh, we even had our first fall festival we've had in years. And it was amazing how many people turned up. Now, why is this important? I'll tell you why it's important. Because the data is telling us that only about 40% of people have now returned to being in person on a Sunday morning. Does that mean they don't like church? Is that because they're lazy? Is it because, I don't, I don't know, I don't care. What I do care about is they still need to be connected. Maybe it's because they want to make sure that they don't put themselves in a dangerous position in health-wise. That's fine. That's great. We still are the body of Christ, whether they're in the room or not in the room. So 40% are actually gathering in the room. About 30% are actually gathering online. And 30%, we don't know where they are. That's across America. We still, though, have a mandate to gather together, like the small, like the, the, the first church in the book of Acts. That's still a part of our mandate. But the church needs to rethink what gathering now looks like. Why? Because culture has shifted. The second part of our mission is not only just gathering together, but it's growing together as well. And we have so many new things that we have, have started last year of how we actually try and grow the community. One of the cool things is we've really pushed into the 
adoption community now. And we've really seen a new thing growing amongst our church here of uh, people being excited about trying to adopt or foster children. And we've seen quite a significant growth of that. And as we want to, as a body, be able to support that and say yes to that, that is something that is significant and it's important. We've also seen a lot of kids camps that have now, look at the amount of kids that are, are now starting to join and now they're about to do another one here in January. And it really is growing their faith. And that's been a new thing we've seen a growth in. We even hired a new person uh, on the team or we, we, someone who's already been a part of our church, but we've asked them to oversee all of our children's work on a Sunday morning. And that's Rachel Lardy. She came on board last year to take on that rule. And that is really super cool as well. We've even seen a growth in the North Kids, Northwest Kids Unlimited. And that's for special kids. And some of you are already involved in that team. And if you think that you have a calling or a heart to be a part of health, helping uh, 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 young children, children to really discover Christ with special needs, that is really important. That is super important to us. And we've seen a growth with that. We've even seen a thing where we've, we have this new thing over here. You'll see sometimes on a Sunday morning, it's called our Northwest warm-up. We're doing that because we want, to, want you to know at home when you are watching online that we have something special just for you. And if you didn't know about it, it's called our Northwest warm-up. It's like a pre-service little show and a little chat time uh, with, with some hosts here just before the service starts. And we'd love you to be a part of it because we want you to know that you are important and we want to make sure that we're giving everything that you need as best as we can. And the last part of our mission is not just gather, it's not just grow, but the last one is to go. That is to go. Now, a lot of the things that we did last year was quite significant because it wasn't just a, a going, doing the same thing, but it was a going to different places, doing the things that we already know. We have seen such a growth in going into houses. We've gone into places where we've taken, you know, like, like for instance, we didn't do any baptisms in this building last year. We had no baptism. You're like, well, what type of church are you? We did the baptisms in homes and in houses. How cool is that? We have even taken our encounters and we put it into homes. We have youth nights that are now in homes. We have watch parties that are in homes. We're doing things in the community because I believe that we're meant to take what we have here and put it out into the community. And if you think God has called you to do that too, we want to encourage you and support you to do that as well because it can't be just about a building. It has to be about the body and the people of God coming to together and then going out and doing the stuff, right? We've even seen it. Absolutely. Amen. Hallelujah. We've also seen it with the dance studio and the music school and the lovely project. We have seen us, we have actually, we have a team that goes out and tries to raise money to support the lovely project. As many of you know, the lovely project is a, a ministry that we have that goes into schools to try and teach uh, young girls about their, 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 about something, can't remember, what's it called? Their voice, their valor and their value. Thank you. See, you already knew it. And it's really been going, it's been a, a difficult couple of years because we don't have enough volunteers and it's harder to get into schools. But the teams are working hard to try and figure out what are new ways of doing it. And one of the teams that raises a lot of money raised the most money they've ever done this year just at one event. And they have a new vision, a new passion to say, we're going to push further into this. We're going to go from where we are here and go to where people are. Why? Because maybe they'll never step foot in a church ever. I don't need them to come to church. I need the church to go to them. I need the church to go to them and tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Which then takes me to this month's teaching, this month's topic, and the focus that we have, the vision that we have for this entire year, 2022. And we're calling it, pass it on, pass it on. 
pass it on is something that we think is super important because there are three great callings that we believe that we as Christians must embrace. And these three great callings, fortunately, they actually all start with C, so it's easy to remember. That is the great command, the great collaboration, and the great commission. The great command, the great collaboration, and the great commission. Where do we get this from? Well, let's look at the first one, the great command. The great command was when a young, a young guy came up to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then he talked about, you know, what are the great commandments? And Jesus replied and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we're called to do. That's the great command. That should define a massive, that should be a massive definition of what all of our callings are in life. Now, I get it, not everyone is gonna feel loved by us, not everyone feels it, and we're not always great at it, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be keep trying at it, right? You can't say that we should love our neighbor if they love us back, right? Well, love your neighbor as long as they have loved you first. No, it says love your neighbor as yourself. That means the person sitting beside you right now, if they haven't been very loving to you, if they are not very supportive of you, in fact, if they irritate you, if they annoy you, if they have sinned against you, it doesn't stop you from having the calling of loving your neighbor as yourself. It's your neighbor sitting right beside you right now. It's your neighbor that you live beside you that was sent off all the fireworks keeping you awake last night, right? There was a, it was, it's, it's your neighbor that you can't stand at work. It's the neighbor that is down the street that's not mowing the yard and it's messing things up and you're a beautiful neighbor. Whatever it is, whatever your neighbor is, it doesn't give you permission to not love them because they didn't love you first, right? That's our job and that's our calling. And how many people... I have seen over the years, even I bet every one of you here have decided, you know, I think I'm gonna leave this church. I don't think there's anything here for me. I don't think this is the place I should be. And it's usually because you didn't feel loved or it's usually because you felt hurt. Guess what? Been there, done that, said that to myself multiple times. The only reason I stayed is because God didn't give me permission to leave. It's not because I felt so loved and it's because it's so wonderful and this is the best church in the world. It's never gonna be the best church in the world but you have to be where God has called you to be. Love is going to be the foundation of everything we should do. I think this community though manifests love in a way that I am inspired by. I just heard a story about, uh, uh, about the Farkersons, about Andrew and Joanne Farkerson, who decided to open up their home for Christmas to anybody who doesn't really have somewhere to go for Christmas. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool, that's a really cool idea. And so they put the word out and I thought, well, maybe they'll just get one or two people that will turn up. That's just a wonderful thing. And the reason why I thought it was a wonderful thing is because that's what we used to do growing up. When I was, when I was a kid, my parents always brought in people that didn't have anywhere else to go for Christmas. 40 people I heard turned up to their house. Right? Exactly. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. And if you think God has called you to do it, then you should do it as well. I'm not saying you have to, but whatever God has put on your heart to do to show the love of Christ, do that, right? Because that's a part of our great calling, the great commission. So let's go to the second one, the great collaboration. And we take this from 1 Corinthians 12. And it says this, that God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body, but one body. Now, I expect the world to be divided against itself. But we, as Christians, cannot be divided against ourselves. 
We should not be even upset that the world is divided against themselves. Why? Because that's the world without God. But when we have Christ and we have God, we must show the spirit of Christ amongst us, which is the great collaboration. The blood of Christ goes from one part of the body to the next part of the body. But maybe you've been in a position or you've been in a place and you're like, you know, I just don't fit in here. I don't, I, don't ha- I don't look like other people. I don't have the same color. I don't have the same height. I'm not the same gender. I don't know anyone that's like me. Uh, no one else has my accent. Surely I don't fit in here. Maybe there's times and, t- times and, and moments in your life and you just felt, I don't fit in here at this church. But let me tell you, what Paul was talking about is the body needs every part right? Yes, we have two eyes, we have two kidneys, we've got two ears, two feet, two hands, most of us at least, but most of the organs in our body, there's only one of them. There isn't another liver, there's only one liver. The liver can't walk around the body going, where's all the other livers at? I need to go to a body where there's only livers. I need to go to a church where there's only livers. I need to go to a church where there's only stomachs here. No, the body would become very uniform. The body wouldn't be able to function properly. And let me tell you, when that organ isn't a part of the body, the body doesn't function at the full capacity that it should do. The body needs every person within it. If God has called you to be here and you don't find someone that looks like you, sounds like you, acts like you, thinks like you, it's okay. God has got you here for a reason because you've been made on purpose for a purpose. Same with your business, same with your community. Wherever you are, maybe you look a little different, maybe you act a little different. You're there on purpose for a purpose. Because God has fearfully and wonderfully made you for a reason. It's easy to look at the community you're in or the church that you're in and criticize it. But when you're criticizing it, you're criticizing yourself because you are the body. You're criticizing the body that Jesus loves. We are meant to be in a great collaboration in order to do greater things together. Because I believe the sum of its parts will do greater things than if we put them separately together, separately apart. If we try and do things apart from each other, we will not have the influence and the impact on this world like we should do. So let's go to this last one today that is really important to me. And this is really something that I think that God is pushing us into for 2022. It says in Matthew chapter 28, and this is before Jesus is about to go off to heaven. Jesus just died and then he raised from the grave and now he's spending some time. He spent six weeks with his disciples before he decided to ascend to heaven. Now, once he had raised from the dead, why didn't he just walk around earth going, look at me, I have all power and authority in heaven on earth. I can do whatever the heck I wanted. No, I believe Jesus decided to say, now that I've done what I've done, I want you to go do what I did, right? This is essentially what he said. He said, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What a great, that's the great commission. So we just had the great command. We just had the great collaboration. And now we have the great commission. Basically what Jesus is saying here, I believe, is he's saying, tag your it, pass it on. Pass it on. Now let me tell you a problem I think the world has suffered from. And that is, we've applied our ways with COVID to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
During the shutdown, during the lockdowns, we've isolated ourselves. We've tried to protect other people from ourselves and the potential of getting COVID or passing it on. We try to protect our families from other people infecting us as well. And what we want to do is make sure that we have proper order to keep ourselves living longer when the fact is many of us haven't been living at all not living in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus said he's come to give us life and life to the full. But instead we've found depression has actually increased. We've found alcoholism. We have found addictions have started to increase because we're meant to be connected together. Well, but I can't physically meet with other people. I get it, but it doesn't mean we don't live out the great commission of Jesus Christ. I have a smartphone, I have internet, I have, I have, I have Zoom calls, I have so many different ways that I can reach out to people. But instead of actually passing on, we've decided to actually isolate ourselves. But the great commission says, pass it on. Pass it on. Become infectious with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Don't isolate yourself from other people. Become a super spreader for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what God has called us to do. What is the point that someone feels loved by me because I mowed their grass, but I didn't introduce them to the one who is love himself? Jesus didn't say, just go do nice things to people. He said, go and make disciples. What is a disciple? As someone who follows Christ. I can't force a person to do it, but I can at least try and pass it on. Try and infect them with something that is the presence of Jesus Christ. About six or seven years ago, my son decided to take up soccer and we had some fun together. And I'm really into soccer and I love soccer. And so we took him to these games and he would go and play these games and they were all just like rabbits and, 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 uh, and cats chasing after a ball, right? And then one game, we turned up and I was there and uh, they, this, this lady came running over and she goes, I'm really sorry, but the coach has just quit. He doesn't want to coach this team anymore. And I'm like, are we that bad? So he doesn't want to, doesn't want to coach anymore. I said, will, will there be anybody here who could step in, right? All mothers except me and this one other guy. So I'm looking at everyone else going, anyone want to volunteer here? And of course, they're all looking at me and this guy. And I'm like, well, I guess we're going to do it, right? So then we took on coaching. We found a few challenges when we were coaching. The first challenge that we found was children not listening to us. Anyone ever had that problem before? <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. I just feel the spirit right now. Children not listening. It's like, Tommy, I want you to stay in this position because you're in defense, right? If the ball comes to you, I want you to get the ball, kick it all the way down the other end. But no, Tommy's like a chaser of butterflies. He wants to go wherever the ball is. And so he runs down the position that he shouldn't be in. Tommy, get back to your position. Tommy, get back to your position. And he doesn't get back to his position because he's not listening. And then the ball goes down and it goes into our goal. Why? Because Tommy wasn't there. And I want to kill Tommy in a very spiritual manner. Spiritual manner. I spiritually kill you in the name of Jesus. Tommy's just not doing what I've asked him to do and it's driving me nuts. I need useful players because we have a game afoot. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. You're only nine years old. You have no clue and stop spinning around on your shoes like this. Just pay attention and run when I tell you to run. Listen to my voice. I'm the coach. That was the hardest thing. The second challenge that I found was mothers. Love mothers. Right? 
But as soon as Tommy got out of position, rang to the wrong side of the field, and then we actually lost the goal, they would still be there going, way to go, Tommy. Well done, Tommy. Way to go, Tommy. And I want to say, Tommy, what the heck are you doing? It's not way to go. No, get back to your position. That wasn't a good job. Way to go, Tommy. Good job. It wasn't a good job. Crying out loud. Tommy, get back to your position. I already told you this. Stay there. <sighs> Way to go, Tommy. Until I figured out what they were trying to do was they were trying to affirm the love that they had for their children. I don't want to stop them from affirming their love for their children. But could you stop telling them they're doing a good job? Shout, I love you or something. Embarrass them. I don't care. I love you, Tommy. Oh, please stop saying that. Right? I get it that they're trying to affirm them. They want them to know that they still have value. But I believe that God still affirms us and he still wants us to have value. Maybe God loves us, but he doesn't like what we're doing. <clears throat> Maybe he loves us, but he doesn't like the fact that we're not super spreaders of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe he loves us, but he wants us to have a little bit of a spiritual kick up the posterior. Maybe he thinks that we sucketh just a little bit in the name of Jesus. Maybe he wants us to get into a position that he's been calling to you to get into because he has a job for you to do and it's gonna affect a much bigger game than you can see. Because all you can see is a ball. All you can see is, oh, there's the thing over there. Oh, I wanna go do this, I wanna go do that. And you're following your own desires, your own calling, and you're gonna run out of energy. And then at one moment, you're gonna get to the place and you're gonna turn up and look at the coach in his face and the coach is gonna go, you didn't do what I told you to do. But someone else is going, but we still love you. We still love you. Yep, hey, that's not in question. We love you. But you still have to do what God has called you to do. At the end of the season, we came to the one big game. And between these two teams, it was gonna be the game that was gonna see who was gonna be the winner of the entire season. And one of them, our teams was, it was, it was our team that was in the, that, that final game. And in that final game, it came down to, we got to the end of it and no one won the game. So then it goes to a thing in soccer. I'm sorry, I'm a nerd when it comes to soccer, if you're not interested in this stuff. But when it comes to that and no one's won the game, you have to do a thing called penalties. That means the goal is there and one of the team is in front of the goal and then you, the opposite team, get to kick the ball as hard as possible and try and get the ball in the goal. That's a penalty, right? No one's allowed to try and tackle you. You get a free shot at the goal. And so it came down to this. And you get five shots and the other team gets five shots. And it went five and five. And it got to the place where my son, was, it was now for him to actually take the penalty. So he took his shot. He took his shot and he took, the, took a swing on the ball and he kicked it as hard as he could and he missed. He's the only one who missed the shot. What a great way to end a sermon, right? He's the only one who missed his shot. And I could tell he was devastated. So on the, on the drive home, I asked him, how are you doing, son? And he just was devastated. I could see it. And I said, how do you feel? And he's like, I missed my shot. And I said, I know you missed your shot. I said, but you wanna know the only thing I'm interested in. What's that? I said, did you take your best shot? Did you try your hardest? And he said, I kicked as hard as I could, dad. And I said, then that's all I care about. Yeah. Do you know why? 
Because your job is to not save people. Your job is to take your best shot and make disciples. That's it. You don't grow the church. You don't get people saved. You don't change their lives. God does that. Your job is to take your best shot. The whole game is not on your shoulders. The, the coach has not decided that you're the only reason when, why, whether we succeed or whether we fail. He just wants you to do what he's told you to do. 